I'm Kelly Cofield, and this is the Physics Buzz Podcast. Are plants magnetic? You certainly can't hang refrigerator magnets on them, but biological processes are known to create magnetic fields. Does this happen in plants? Some scientists at the University of California, Berkeley, recently tried to find out. All right, so my name is Eric Corsini. I work uh, as a graduate student at UC Berkeley in a group of Dr. Butker, and my field of research is magnetometry. Can you tell me what magnetometry is? Atomic magnetometry involves the three-way interaction between light, matter, and the magnetic field. And from that interaction, we're able to extract the magnitude of that field. To measure magnetic fields, scientists like Dr. Corsini use magnetometers, and they measure these fields with a unit called a Tesla, after the famous physicist Nikolai Tesla. The Earth's magnetic field, which is only strong enough to gently tug on a compass needle, is about 30 to 60 microtesla. A refrigerator magnet is about 100 times stronger than that. But the most sensitive measurement ever made with a magnetometer was 160 attotesla. That's about 100 billion times weaker than the Earth's magnetic field. So seriously, seriously small magnetic fields. So Corsini and his group have been investigating plants, trying to find out if they generate magnetic fields. It's not a crazy idea. All you need to create a magnetic field is a flow of charged particles. And right now, there are nerves in your brain communicating via electric currents, creating magnetic fields. There's also charged atoms, or ions, flowing through your body, serving various purposes to keep you alive, and generating magnetic fields. In fact, doctors can sometimes use those fields to figure out if something is wrong with you. Plants tend to use chemical signals more than electrical signals or ion flow. And since they don't move very much, and they don't think, there's not as much internal activity as there is in animals. But it's not out of the question. We honestly don't know enough about the internal workings of living plants to know exactly what the magnetic field from a plant would look like. But that's what Corsini and his group want to find out. So how does one go about doing plant biomagnetism? We don't know what kind of... uh magnetic field we're going to encounter so our best guess was to take a large plant a very large plant the titan arum which is one of the largest flowering plants in the world which is up to nine feet tall and during pollination raises its temperature up to human body temperature the team was alerted by staff members at the berkeley botanical garden that the titan arum was going through its pollination process which only takes place once every five or six years. The pollination process is pretty fast. It's over in a matter of 12 hours. And during the pollination process, it raises its temperature to about 30 degrees C. So we selected this plant because we thought that would be our best chance. So we just placed the atomic magnetometer next to it and hopefully detect a signal from the plant. They set up camp with their equipment and took data for three days. And I'm going to kill the suspense right away. They didn't get a signal. Their magnetometer wasn't able to pick up a distinct magnetic field created by the plant. But hang on, because something else amazing is going on here. The data we have is pretty noisy in terms of magnetic field, but we were able to get somewhat 
quieter periods during the night, between 1 and 5 a.m., that's when the the electric train system in the Bay Area is not running. Because the the noise, the magnetic field noise that we get at the UC Botanical Garden at the location of the plant comes from many sources. You know, we're trying to detect something extremely faint. So anything is, uh, is, you know, is is going to produce some kind of magnetic field noise. They were listening to the world in magnetic fields. They could tell when the train was moving by. They could hear... The electric fan, the heaters, people walking around and with cell phones and keys in their pocket. That's like a superpower. Imagine being able to hear someone sneaking up on you by listening for the electrical signals in their brain or the ion flow in their heart. It's just a different way of gathering information, one that can sometimes be more useful than our regular senses, like seeing light and hearing sound. And even though the UC Berkeley group didn't detect a magnetic field, they did gather more information, which will ultimately help answer questions about plant biomagnetism, help to solve the mystery. From a physicist's point of view, it is not a negative result, but it is placing an upper bound on plant biomagnetic processes, and it forces us to rethink of what those processes could be. It also means that the next attempt will have to go beyond this upper bound and level of sensitivity. Corsini says he doesn't know for sure if they will detect magnetic fields in plants, but he says that physics isn't just about reaching the answers, it's about pursuing the unknown and he seems excited to keep doing that. That's all for the Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more Physics Buzz at physicscentral.com, and please tune in next week for more Physics Buzz.